wasn't that amazing? Like, don't you just want to gather together and worship corporately again? Like, I just, I, we cannot wait. But we're doing what we can with what we have. So happy Easter. Rhythm Church's first Easter. Now we are, we're not just one church in one building. We're one church in many homes um, all across everywhere. And I have a great Easter message for you. So if you would please turn with me in your Bibles to the book of John. John chapter number 12. We're going to read verses 23 through 26, 23 through 26. If you're new to your Bible, the easiest way to find it is to turn to the very front of your Bible, go to the table of contents, look in the New Testament section. There'll be an Old Testament and a New Testament section, and then just go four books down, name John, go to the page number, find the big number 12, and the little number 23 next to all the sentences, and that's where we're going to start. As you guys turn there, um, like I said, we're, we're one church in many homes, and we're actually in many homes now all across the nation. So I got to give a shout out to Traverse City, Michigan. Got to give a shout out to Las Vegas, Nevada. We got people watching out there. Um, of course, the North County, San Diego family. We love you and can't wait to gather all together again. And then um, Seattle, Washington, Woodenville, Washington, Marysville, Washington, any other place that I forgot. Hey, we're so glad that you're joining us. I know we got some people up in Orange County that have been tuning in and watching with us. We are grateful that you, um, that you are spending your Sunday mornings or afternoons uh, with the Rhythm Church. And we want to know where you're tuning in from. And so if you are, if you're watching us on um, our, our uh, website platform, just write in the comments where you're at, what state you're from, maybe where you're watching from, living room with family, so on and so forth, or if you're watching in Facebook, you can do that as well in all the different comments, and, or if you're on YouTube, go in that chat portion or drop a comment at the bottom. We just, it helps us feel like a little bit more engaged, and it, as well, you can always throw a thumbs up or a heart if there's a point that you like, or an amen, or come on, or again, if you need prayer though too, if you need prayer, feel free definitely within the comments just to let us know because we have people in their um, chat moderators or I don't know what they're called chat mo moderator chat people in there that are going to pray with you that are they're there there are online pastors we got online pastors for days that are going to pray with you and um and just want to be there for you so I'm assuming that if you're that you're in John chapter 12 and might as well hey if you're at home and you're there would you say amen, amen. if not Press pause. Here we go. John chapter 12, verse 23, and it says this. It says, Jesus replied, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant will also be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. Uh, today, we're actually starting a brand new series um, on Easter Sunday. It's a great time to start a new series called Nearness. And so today, we just want to talk on this idea of nearness. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much that we get to gather in all of our homes and our living rooms, bedrooms, and all the different places that we watch from and Jesus, we just ask now that your presence would invade our spaces. God, that you would be here with us. God, that you would speak to us, that you would speak to our hearts and our minds, that you would encourage us. Father, that you convict us. But Lord, ultimately, at the very end of this message today, we just feel closer to you than when we first started watching. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, there was a, a, a movie in the late 90s. Um, and uh, it starred uh, Bruce Willis. I don't know if you guys uh, 
remember, maybe you can guess, but it had the famous line in there, I see dead people. Anybody? Anybody? You guys got it? Which one? What was it? What was it? Six cents. Six cents. Okay, so we watched this movie back in the day, and it was like this. It was crazy. You're watching. You're trying to figure it out. In the very end, sorry, spoiler, in the very end, you actually find out that he's dead. Now, we tried to watch this with our family. My wife and I were like, what would be a good, like, kind of scary movie, thriller, but not too scary? So we put it on for the family. You know, we, we like family movie nights. Or we just, I just love them. Absolutely love them. Anytime that I can like be with my family snuggled up on the couch and, and our comfy cozies, blankets and whatnot, and then snacks galore. My wife has been, sorry, side note. My wife has been making like homemade popcorn this whole time, and it's been unreal. Like instead of butter, she uses olive oil and some salt. And it's just, anyways, okay, so... We, we, we were watching this movie, our kids are watching it, and right towards the end, like we're like expecting like, oh, there's gonna be this big aha moment for our kids to, oh my gosh, he was dead the whole time. Probably five minutes before the big reveal that he's been dead the whole time, my daughter India goes, oh, he's dead. That's why the little boy sees him. Completely ruined it. We tried to like play it off, but anyways, she's too clever. <laughs> but what does this movie have to do with Easter? <laughs> let, let me tell you. I promise I'm going to tie this in to the scripture. Because at the very end of that movie, there was this moment where everything that we had watched previous became so clear. And if you go back and you re-watch the movie, then you see all these different things play out. And you go, oh, that's why his wife wasn't talking to him at dinner. Oh, that's why it continued to block the door. Oh, that's why. Oh, the little boys were seeing it. And so it begins to make sense. Resurrection Sunday was a lot like this for the disciples. And this is, this is a day that, that started these moments of clarity for them. And this, is what, and this is what I mean. So they grew up their entire lives knowing the Old Testament. These were, were good Jewish young men, and, and they knew the Old Testament. They knew the law. They knew the prophets. They knew all of this stuff. They knew that there was a coming Messiah. And then for the past three and a half, three to three and a half years, they were spending it day in and day out with Jesus. And, and Jesus would say some things sometimes that they didn't quite understand. And so they'd pull him aside and be like, man, Jesus, can you explain that? We didn't quite get that. And, and then even um, towards the end, towards the end of it, they, <clears throat> towards the end, uh, during Holy Week, even more so because he kept talking about now is the time for the Son of Man to be glorified. Now is the time for me to be, basically for me to die. And they just, they weren't getting it. They weren't getting it. And so all of a sudden... Now, Good Friday comes, and he gets crucified. They didn't call it good then, but Good Friday comes, and he's crucified, and he dies. Now, at this moment, you think that these men who have been spending so much time with Jesus, who knew the prophecies, who knew all this stuff, at this moment would be the time to shine. They'd be like, you know what? We know he's coming back. We know he's not staying in the grave. You know, Friday's here, but Sunday's are coming, you know, and all the other dumb, cliche things that we say as Christians. But, like, you would think that this would be their moment of, like, yes! But instead, when he gets arrested, they all run. They all hide. They all get scared. And when he dies, they're, like, blown away. They're, they're lost. They spend a few days like lost. Peter's like, I'm over this. I'm going fishing. He gets back in his boat. The rest are all kind of scattered. They, they, they didn't have the faith that they thought they had. They, they didn't understand truly what Jesus was saying. But then when he is resurrected, when the tomb is empty, that Sunday when, when uh, Mary goes to basically dress his body um, with, with uh, different oils and, and whatnot that they would do for burial, 
he's not there. And then she, she sees an angel, and the angel goes, look, go. And then she sees Jesus, too, and they say, hey, go and tell Peter and the rest of the guys. And so she goes and tells Peter, and then they race back to the tomb, and it's empty, and their mind is blown. They think that he's stolen. And, and then after that, there's like massive explanation that begins to happen because Jesus starts showing up to him and says, hey, this, this, and this, this is... This is now life. This is now truth. This is now, and for them, their minds had been blown because all of a sudden now they've got the totality of Scripture where they start to look back and they go, oh my gosh, Jesus, he, 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 was, he was the Passover lamb that we read about in Exodus. And not only that, but in Exodus, when all of the slaves are now delivered and they're set free from their, from their slavery, that's, that's actually Jesus setting us free now in our slavery, our, our slavery to sin, we no longer have to be slaves to sin. And it's over these next days, months, and years, because you read through the epistles that you see these disciples all of a sudden have these aha moments of it was Jesus all along. It was when, when in 2 Samuel, when God is speaking to David, and he says, I will raise up your offspring. He's actually speaking about raising up Jesus, because there will be a new kingdom, it says in 2 Samuel. And they go, this is, wow, now this is, the new kingdom. We're living in the new kingdom. They start to look at all the different prophecies that Isaiah spoke, out, spoke about, and they start to realize that Jesus dialed them all in. And, and I wonder if they look back on some of the conversations that they had with Jesus, and all of a sudden begin to realize, oh, that's what he was talking about. Like in John chapter 12, like, oh, he, he, wasn't, he wasn't talking about being wheat farmers. He wasn't he wasn't talking about like us like hanging out and farming wheat with him. Actually, what he was saying is that he was the seed for our salvation so that we could live out our purpose in his service. And I, actually, I kind of like it better said that we could live out his purpose, live out, sorry, we could live out our purpose in his presence. He was the seed for our salvation so that we could live out our purpose in his presence. He was the seed. He says, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains. Sorry, let me start. Unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. It remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. It produces many seeds. This right here is he's talking about his death bringing life to so many. His death bringing life to us, out of something so dark, after, out of something so defeating, coming something so beautiful. Because his, his death brought with, him, brought with him all of our sins. He buried all of our sins. He was the seed that buried all of our sins so that out of that being buried, out of that death, out of that burial, can come resurrection and can come resurrection power and resurrection life. And we've actually, within our boxes here, we've... Um, We've included these little, these little flower pots with little seeds just so that we can have a visual representation of what Jesus did for us. So that as you plant the seeds and as you, as you bury them and as you begin to wall them, you'll see that out of, out of this, basically when you open it, you're going to see it's not very impressive. Out of this kind of like dingy, dark type thing can come something so beautiful. Can come life and life forevermore. And that out of this resurrection, we receive resurrection power. 
Because here's the deal. Jesus not only died to forgive us our sins, but he died and was resurrected so that he could then send the Holy Spirit so that each and every one of us could have his Holy Spirit. Could have his very presence with us in our lives. It says in John chapter 16, verse 7, he says, But very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And the advocate that he's talking about right there is the Holy Spirit, Parakletos, the helper, the one who comes. And it's this Holy Spirit that seals us in our salvation, but then when we're baptized with that Holy Spirit, when we receive an infilling of the Holy Spirit, it allows us to live out that resurrection power in our life on a daily basis. But in order for there to be a resurrection, there has to be a death. In order for there to be the power of resurrection, there has to be a death. And in order for this resurrection power to live in our lives, there has to be a death, and that's a death to ourself, a death to our selfish ways, to our selfish desires, where we then hand our life over to him. And that's, and that's where he says this, that anyone who keeps their life will lose it. But if anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Now, he's not, he's not saying, like, he's not saying, like, you got to hate your life. I'm not saying that. He's not saying um, despise your life and hate everything about it. No, he's making, he's making a verbal picture here that if anybody, if anybody will love their life and want to hold on to their life and is not willing to walk into the new that he has for them, the purpose that he has for them, then ultimately for eternity they will lose their life. They will experience a separation from God because they wanted to hold on to the things of this world too tightly. They wanted to hold on to their comfort too tightly. They, they wanted to hold on to their dreams too tightly. They wanted to hold on to their possessions too tightly. They loved this world. But he says, but if anyone hates their life, and again, he's just using strong language to illustrate that, like, we're not so attached to the things in this world. Like, I don't hate my life. I, got, I think I got a great life. I got a beautiful wife. I got incredible kids, great family. I, like, I just I enjoy, I got great friends around me. I got an amazing staff here at the church. Like, I don't hate life. My life is pretty good. But am I willing to walk away from it in order to experience eternity in heaven? With Jesus? Yeah. Like, I'm not going to hold on to the things in this life so tightly that it causes me to miss out on eternity. Now, again, luckily, or luckily blessed, whatever you want to say, like, I'm, I'm blessed because most of the people that are surrounding me are headed in the same trajectory as well. And I'm not saying that you have to walk away from me. Because, the, side note, can I'm just going to side note right here. Look, I think it's, it's so important for people who love Jesus to not separate themselves and Seclude, yeah, seclude yourself away from people that don't know Jesus. Because how will they ever experience the love of Jesus if you're not in their life? Right. So I'm not saying that, that now you walk away from them in order to experience Christ. But what you do is internally is you have to realize that like, I'm willing to trade all of this for this. I'm willing to lay down all of this to go with Jesus. I'm willing, I'm, I'm willing to do it. He is the seed for our salvation. Mm -hmm. I'm willing to lay down my life and experience a death in order to have resurrection power. And I know so many of us right now, like we're, we're evaluating our lives. We're, we're looking at like what's going on and 
how is my, my family life, how is my marriage, where's my job, all that other stuff. And, and you're probably starting to see that so much of the hope that you've had in this life is based in, in things that shift and change all the time. You're, you're, you're beginning to realize that so much of the security that you've felt in this life isn't secure at all. And that's why it's so important that we take all of that energy and all of that effort all of that life that we placed into it, and we place it into Jesus, our salvation. Because, because anyone who loves their life will lose it, blah, blah, blah. And whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. So he is the seed for our salvation so that we can live out our purpose in his service or live out our purpose in his presence. And the reason why I say presence is this. We, we could read this and easily get caught up and like, oh, okay, so we're saved by serving. Like, that's what we have to do. We, we have to serve. We're saved by serving. And no, 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 no. That's not what Jesus is saying at all. The word servant there, there's two words for servant in the New Testament. Two Greek words. And one is uh, diakonos and the other is doulos. Diakonos and doulos. And I, I don't even, actually, I don't know if that's how you say it properly. I, I can barely read English. I can't for sure read Greek, but I did my best. Send it out. Hooked on phonics worked for me. Okay, so um, anybody get that from back in the day? You guys remember hooked on? Okay, sorry. <clears throat> so diakonos versus doulos. Now, doulos means to serve, but from afar. Like you're a servant, but you do it from over there. You don't interact. You don't talk with. You don't. But the word used here is, is diakonos or whatever. It's diakonos. And this means to serve from up close. It means to sit at the table with. It means to serve alongside, to be in the presence of, to have common purpose with. So when Jesus is saying, is look, I'm the seed for your salvation so that you can serve with me, so that you can be with me, so that you can be with me in my presence that you're not serving from over there, from afar. No, you're right here, right now, with me. And he says, and where my servant is, sorry, where I am, there my servant will be also. This is, his, he, this is him saying, look, there's a promise of salvation for you. That not only on this earth do you get to carry out the purpose of Jesus, the purpose that Jesus has made you for, placed on your life, but now you get in eternity. He says, my Father will honor that. My Father, can you imagine God honoring you? God honoring you for just making a simple decision, a simple decision to decide to give your life to Jesus, to not love this life so much that you're not willing to give your life to Jesus, and then spend now eternity with him in his presence. And God honors that. The Father honors that. So I, I, I just wonder, did the disciples look back and go, oh, that's what he meant. That he was going to die so that we could live. Mm-hmm. That he was going to die so that we could experience his presence on a daily basis. So that we could experience his forgiveness and so that we could spend an eternity in heaven with him. I know that on a day like today, we get so caught up in, in, in everything sometimes but Jesus. I mean, I'm sure some of you guys right now are just listening going like, okay, hurry up, because 
we're, we're cooking some food or we're, we want to get to brunch now. We got some cinnamon rolls and some fresh squeezed OJ and um, whatever else. Yeah, I, that's all I want for that's all I want for Easter is some cinnamon rolls. They sound really, really good. I have not had bread in a while, but I'm eating a lot of other stuff though. I'm definitely working on that COVID-19, if you know what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> But I just wonder where you're at right now. What is your day fulfilled with? Like, like Aaron said earlier, like, is this a day that's really just set aside for you to praise God? Is this a day just set aside for you to experience the clarity of what's really important? For you to experience the clarity that on a Resurrection Sunday the disciples began to experience, the clarity of Jesus in your life. And maybe you're sitting there and you're watching because it's Easter and somebody said, hey, if you're going to do something for Easter, might as well watch this. And maybe you're sitting there at home and, you, and, and you're not saved. You've not given your life to Jesus. You've not experienced this resurrection power in your own life. Well, I'd like to invite you to. If you want to experience freedom from your sins, freedom from the slavery of sin, if you want to experience brand new life, if you want to experience a fresh start, Easter Sunday is the perfect day to do it. And all you have to do is just make a decision that I'm not going to hold on to this life so tightly. I'm not going to love it so much that I'm not willing to lay it down for Jesus. And so if you're out there and you're saying, I, man, I want to do that, Jeff, then the decision right there has then given you salvation to say, I'm gonna follow Jesus now for the rest of my life. But I would love to lead you just in a short prayer. I'm gonna lead you just in a short prayer. And um, this prayer doesn't make you saved. Like I said, the decision does. But this prayer is just gonna be real quick. And it's just gonna be me helping you start a conversation and me helping you articulate what's actually taking place in your life right now. So wherever you're at, just repeat these words after me and say, Dear Jesus, today I decide to give you my life. I thank you for forgiving me for every sinful thing I've done or any sinful thing I will do. Teach me to be loved by you and help me to live my life loving others the same way. Amen. And if you prayed that prayer, we want to know please let us know. You can let us know in the comments. If you can go to our website, myrhythmchurch.com, you can actually go to uh, our little Easter page there. And actually, on the very front of the page, there's going to be a little thing that says communication card. Just click on that. We would love to know. We want to be praying for you. We can send you some resources or just help you out in any way, shape, or form. And lastly, before we bounce, in your rhythm box, if you, if, if you have one. If not, it's okay. But we, want it. We, we would love for you to take communion at home with your family. We'd love for you just to have a, an intimate moment, just you and your family, or maybe just you by yourself if you're single. Just open up this kit. There's stuff in there for communion, or maybe you can go to your kitchen and you can find some bread and some juice of some sort. If you have this kit, there's actually a little card in there that just leads you through on how to take communion. Or, again, if you don't have the kit, you can go to our church, our, our church website, myrhythmchurch.com, and you can read through that as well. And just have a moment of remembering the sacrifice that Jesus poured out for us. It's a simple prayer as you take that communion and say, thank you, Jesus, for your body. Thank you for your blood. Thank you for forgiveness. Amen. Amen and amen. Hey, Rhythm Church, love you. 
We are so excited that we got to spend Easter together and uh, we can't wait to hang out with you guys next week. If you need anything, please go to MyRhythmChurch.com. If you want to give, go to MyRhythmChurch.com. There's a place for online giving there as well. And then just throughout the week, we've got resources for you in order to keep you encouraged and keep you inspired. Love you, church.